Every day, there's a cosmic struggle between peace and chaos. This is happening on the macro scale of world events and on the micro scale within your own mind. The question is, what role will you take in this ever-unfolding dance between division and unity, discord and harmony, chaos and peace? The choice is yours. And while peace might seem like the obvious option, it still leads to profound questions. What's the difference between peacemaking and peacekeeping? How can I challenge unjust systems, stand up for myself, and speak the truth while still creating peace? Is the path of nonviolence powerful enough to change the harmful, oppressive systems that are hurting people? Today we're looking for answers, and we're turning to the courageous spirit of legendary figures like Martin Luther King Jr., who armed himself with the spirit of peace and nonviolence to spearhead a monumental movement against racial prejudice. Today we're discussing the seventh beatitude. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. We're all connected, and when you act as a peacemaker, it creates waves of peace that ripple throughout the entire universe. You have the power to create unity in the face of division, and the first step is learning how to harness your own divine nature. I'm Nina Hielenda, Franciscan sister, spiritual director, and founder of Dancing Spirit Tours. It wasn't that long ago that I lacked the self-awareness and inner freedom to grow my relationship with the divine. Fast forward past a lot of lessons learned, I now have a spirituality that gives me more joy, meaning, and connection than I ever thought possible. I created the Holy Rebels podcast to give you simple, actionable strategies to help you trust your gut, develop your intuition, and stay grounded when life gets hard. If you're a spiritual seeker or a mystic in the making, you're in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Holy Rebels podcast. I'm so happy that you're here, and I can't wait for our conversation today. We are exploring a series about the eight keys to happiness, also known as the Beatitudes. Each key is an invitation to invoke wisdom so that you can experience more joy, purpose, and fulfillment. This is a nine-part series, and I recommend listening in order. The introduction to this series is episode number eight, Eight Keys to Happiness. You can scroll back and find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this show right now. Before we begin, I want to thank those of you who are leaving five-star reviews. It helps other spiritual seekers find this podcast and I am so grateful because it means that I can keep making these episodes for you. I really enjoy reading each one of the reviews, and I'd like to read this one today. It's from Maddie in Australia. Maddie says, 
I am really enjoying the interchange between spirituality, intelligence, and heart. You offer wisdom so profound in its gentleness, authenticity, and honesty to bring about our surrender in prayer. I could feel fleetingly the soothing of my soul, that sweet surrender. Aw, Maddie, that is so lovely. Thank you so much. Okay, let's jump in. The Beatitudes are the very heart of spirituality. They're the guiding principles of the spiritual life, no matter what tradition you follow. The pinnacle of what it means to be a good human, wrapped up in eight simple yet incredibly layered teachings. They seem basic on the surface, but this is a lifelong journey to implement them as a lifestyle of happiness, joy, and peace. Today we're discussing the seventh beatitude. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. I love the seventh beatitude. It's about having a cosmic perspective of life. This key to happiness is a culmination of spiritual growth. It's the outcome of embodying the essence of the first six keys to happiness in our lives. So what's this cosmic perspective I mentioned? It's the ability to see beyond ourselves and to see our lives from a broader, universal standpoint. It's about understanding that we're all interconnected and part of something much bigger than ourselves. As peacemakers, we're called to bring harmony and unity to our relationships and our surroundings. If you're a peacemaker, you understand that peace begins within you, within your own heart, and you know that when you have inner peace, you radiate that peace outward and it can positively impact those people around you. Speaking of having a cosmic perspective, the astronaut Edgar Mitchell was a pilot in the historic 1971 Apollo 14 mission to the moon. He was the sixth person to ever walk on the moon. In his book, Earthrise, he writes about a fascinating moment that reminds me of what it means to have a cosmic perspective. He writes, You develop an instant global consciousness, a people orientation an intense dissatisfaction with the state of the world, and a compulsion to do something about it. From out there on the moon, international politics looks so petty. You want to grab a politician by the scruff of the neck and drag them a quarter million miles out and say, Look at that, you son of a... <laughs> and I'll stop right there. So he was feeling the cosmic perspective. When you're that high up, you don't see national borders. You're up there on a spaceship, alone. And that changes you. Carl Sagan also wrote eloquently about his experience of looking back at the tiny blue dot that is our planet. He wrote, Look at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love. 
everyone you know, everyone you've ever heard of, every human being who ever was lived out their lives here, the aggregate of all our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner of the history of our species lived there, on that mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. Wow. This is the cosmic perspective. This vantage point, it instantly changes our thinking. We realize that so much of what we argue about is insignificant in the grand scheme of things. When you see yourself from a universal perspective, you understand that you're part of a massive tapestry of life every thread interwoven with another. Perceived differences become trivial. You gain a sense of unity, a discovery of your interconnectedness, and an understanding that peace is not just about avoiding conflict, but about fostering tolerance and respect for one another. This is what it truly means to be a peacekeeper to cultivate peace within yourself and to promote peace and wider cosmic perspective in your community. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. This key to happiness, key number seven, is the culmination of all your spiritual growth. Becoming a peacemaker is the fruit of mastering the other six keys to happiness. Let's review each one of the Beatitudes together as a reminder of how we got here. As we go through these, pay attention to the seamless progression from one to the next. The Beatitudes are the essential building blocks that lay the foundation of a life filled with joy and spiritual fulfillment. The first key to happiness is, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It means the true measure of richness doesn't lie in worldly possessions, but in your soul. If your focus is not on material wealth, but rather on the people and the activities that bring you joy, then you're not only free from the trap of materialism, you're also inclined to use whatever resources you have for the greater good. 
when you value the immaterial more than anything else, you are in harmony with the spiritual essence of life. The second key to happiness is, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. It means if you experience profound sadness or loss, and you allow yourself to feel your sorrow deeply, you are better off. Mourning is a natural and necessary part of life, a process which leads to healing and growth. The comfort promised is not about erasing your pain. The comfort is the offer of solace and strength to face your hardship head on. This beatitude is a reminder that even in the darkest times, you are not alone and consolation will come. All you need to do is ask for it. The third key to happiness is, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek are those who possess a gentle strength, those who are humble and patient, even in the face of adversity. This is not about weakness, but rather showing restraint and not resorting to aggression or to dominance to get your way. The reward that's mentioned, they shall inherit the earth, symbolizes a deep fulfillment. If you practice patience, humility, and gentleness, you will be living a rich and meaningful life. You'll be repelling the destructive influences of selfishness and aggression, and you'll trade it for something much more valuable. The fourth key to happiness is, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you're feeling upset about the state of our world, Channel your outrage into action instead of becoming numb from overwhelm. Embrace the vision that's possible rather than being complacent with what is. The phrase hunger and thirst symbolizes the intense desire for true justice, as basic as the need for food and water. The promise you will be filled assures that your pursuit of right relationship is never in vain. The fifth key to happiness is, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Forgiveness is one of the most powerful acts of love. It brings healing to both the giver and the receiver. Being merciful means being compassionate and showing kindness, even when others may not deserve it. The reward is twofold. 1. Creating a more compassionate world with your actions. And 2. Being open to mercy yourself. Sometimes you need to receive forgiveness. Open your heart to divine mercy. The sixth key to happiness is, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Purity of heart refers to having honest intentions and being sincere in your actions. 
It also means being free from distractions or ulterior motives. When you're truly pure of heart, you will have a clear understanding of who you are and what truly matters for you in your life. This is about living authentically in a way that's true to you. If you do this, you'll begin to see magic everywhere. And here we are at the seventh key to happiness. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Have you ever met someone who effortlessly exudes an aura of peace? It's not just a fleeting sense of calm, but a profound and unshakable tranquility that seems to permeate their very being. Their eyes sparkle with the wisdom of inner serenity, their demeanor is poised, and their energy is grounded. They carry no pretenses about their spirituality, nor do they seek to flaunt it. Instead, they embody peace in a way that's both unassuming and deeply powerful. This serene quality is the essence of the seventh key to happiness. Peace is the mark of a great saint. Peace is the energy of a bodhisattva. Peace is what makes us relax around a wise elder. A peacemaker is someone whose integrity awakens integrity in others just by being around that person. Their presence makes peace in the world. Have you ever met someone who has this quality? You can't help but notice. That's why saints are depicted with halos. It's illustrating a quality of spiritual light. These are people who have light around them. They are themselves, and they're so authentic in how they show up and look at you. You can't help but look in the mirror and feel like you can be yourself too. And this causes you to reflect more deeply on what's important to you, on who you are, on who you would like to be. And that is how peacemakers make peace. They embody an authenticity and sincerity. Their true selves shines through in all that they do. They're unapologetically happy and genuine powerful in its simplicity and inspiring in its boldness. By contrast, there are those people whose presence is draining. I'm sure you can think of someone in your life like this. You get home from lunch with them and you feel like you need a nap. Or just a constant stream of negativity or defensiveness or superficial connections. Have you ever noticed that about some people? Choosing the right company is so crucial. We're inevitably influenced by those we surround ourselves with. So surround yourself with peacemakers and be a peacemaker yourself. Be someone who makes peace. Peace is not just an absence of conflict, but rather an active effort to create harmony. Peacemakers bridge divides and promote reconciliation instead of division. Here's an example. 
Have you ever had the experience of getting together with a group of friends and someone mentions another person's name and it sparks a circle of criticism? The conversation quickly descends into a whirlwind of negativity. Everyone chimes in, adding their own disparaging comments. And often it's not bad enough to go noticed, but it's prefaced with statements like, I don't mean to speak badly about so-and-so, but... And then the speaker proceeds to do exactly that. Well, this is your opportunity to peacemaker. And not in a shaming way, okay? Just subtly steer the conversation towards being kind. Quell the rising tide of gossip. Make an effort to create harmony. Say something kind or change the subject. All of a sudden, everyone looks in the mirror real quick. They see what they're doing and almost always they stop. Peacemakers are the ones who break the cycle and stop the escalation without shaming anyone. The one who offers grace and gives the benefit of the doubt, not because it's the right thing to do, but because it creates peace within you. And that peace undoubtedly touches everyone in your vicinity. Peace making. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. It means you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are, a child of the divine. There's a beautiful translation of this beatitude from Aramaic to English. Integrated are those who joyfully knit themselves together within, for they shall be stamped with the seal of cosmic identity. Hmm, beautiful. Did you know that this beatitude was the driving force behind Martin Luther King's freedom movement? With this concept of nonviolence and peacemaking, Martin Luther King took to the streets, and we all know the story. His strategy was a nonviolent resistance. He believed it was not a sign of weakness, but a demonstration of incredible strength. He promoted a commitment to enduring physical brutality and verbal abuse in the face of systemic oppression. His commitment to peacemaking was guided by the belief that responding to hatred and violence with peace would lead to change. However, the path was not easy. The African-American community, battered and bruised from the incessant violence and discrimination, began to question the effectiveness of nonviolence. Some felt that their peaceful protests were merely met with more aggression, with no signs of progress. Some people began to lean towards the idea of black power, advocating for the use of force, if necessary, to achieve their rights. And of course, it's completely understandable. Responding to violence with nonviolence 
counters our most basic survival instincts. But Martin Luther King never changed his stance. Riots began to break out everywhere, from Los Angeles to Chicago to New York. But he kept calling out for love. While others were crying out for revenge, he was calling for peace. The great truth finally came in southern Alabama when African Americans were marching across a bridge, singing and praying and just praising God, creating a joyful, peaceful protest. But tensions had reached a critical point, escalating to such a degree that it felt like a volatile storm was brewing. The atmosphere was thick with anticipation. Everyone was on edge, waiting for the slightest trigger to explode into chaos. And so the police chief, caught up in the turmoil of the moment, made a decision that would forever change the course of history. He authorized the use of force against the peaceful protesters crossing the bridge. Batons swung, people screamed, tear gas filled the air. But the remarkable thing is that the protesters did not retaliate. None of them retaliated. Their disciplined adherence to the principles of nonviolence, even in the face of such brutal aggression, was a potent symbol of strength and resilience. The whole thing was caught on camera and aired on national television. This shocking display of violence against peaceful demonstrators was a wake-up call to the whole nation, revealing the ugly truth of racial discrimination and paving the way for new laws and equal rights being established in the United States of America today. Martin Luther King spoke openly about it. He said the goal of the movement was not to defeat the white man, that's not the goal, but to awaken a sense of shame within the oppressor and challenge the sense of superiority. Reconciliation. Redemption. The creation of a loving community. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. We are never more like God than when we make peace. We're never more ourselves than when we choose love over hate and understanding over judgment. Peacemaking is not easy. It takes courage, strength, resilience. But it is the most powerful tool that we have for creating positive change in our world. And when we actively strive to be peacemakers, we become true children of the divine. Living examples of love in a world that so desperately needs it. Shalom. Peace. God is peace. God is the creative force of life itself. It creates. It makes. It produces the world as a non-violent, creative act of love. That's why one of the marks of a great saint 
or bodhisattva, is the ability to make peace. Not suppressing some rival power, but in forgiving love. Try it sometime. If you find yourself unhappy, ask yourself, how much time did I spend today making peace? Not ignoring conflict, not tolerating meanness, not looking the other way and walking away, but entering mercifully into the conflict and making peace. Trust me, it'll make you happy in the deepest way possible. My friend, I have a gift for you. If you haven't grabbed the masterclass yet, now is your chance. This masterclass is called Three Keys to Unlock Your Connection to the Divine. Normally it's $97, but you can grab it right now for free at mysticalspirituality.com. This masterclass will help you listen to your intuition, trust your gut, and embody these spiritual principles into your life. It's a 40-minute video class, and you get a beautiful workbook filled with journal prompts and practical exercises for being a better human. Go to mysticalspirituality.com and get it for free. I will see you next week for the eighth and final key to happiness. Have an amazing week and make peace wherever you go. It will make you happy in the deepest way possible. And you deserve happiness, my friend. Trust the mystic within you.